Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Reminder that November 1st, Wednesday, is time for Smart Politics Happy Hour. It's a pre-election Smart Politics Happy Hour. You can join me and other members of the WDET team at the Anchor Bar on Fort Street in downtown Detroit. After work from 6 to 8 p.m., we are going to talk about the upcoming elections here in the city of Detroit. Mayor, clerk, city council, and as always... We are going to want you to steer that conversation just as you do here on the air. You'll get to do it live with us at the Anchor Bar Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Be there and uh, come by and say hello to me. Uh, Also, if you are heading into work or moving on with your day, you can still hear the full edition of today's Detroit Today broadcast on the Detroit Today podcast. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts and uh, subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with us, with you and listen whenever or wherever you get ready. All right, up first, the first charges in Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election came down yesterday, and they were very eye-popping charges. Paul Manafort, who served as chairman of the Trump campaign in 2016, is charged with laundering money and failing to register as a foreign agent while working as a political consultant and lobbyist with the Ukraine. So is one of his associates. They were lobbying on behalf of a pro-Russian Ukrainian political party. And perhaps even more intriguing, a foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump has pleaded guilty to lying to an FBI investigator about his contact with Russian officials. What do these charges tell us about the larger scope and direction of Mueller's investigation? And what's the reaction in Washington? Also, have we ever seen an indictment that included the phrase conspiracy against the United States? That was the phrase that jumped out to me yesterday. I spent much of the afternoon talking to people I know who have either covered the courts for a long time and legal things for a long time or are part of the legal establishment, asking them if they had ever seen such a charge. I can't find anyone who has. I think that's one of the indications of how profound what we saw yesterday actually is. And that's where we start the conversation today. What does this portend for the Trump administration in the near future? Does this threatened to get into the White House at some point? Uh, Are these charges uh, designed to extract pleas, perhaps, from people in exchange for information about people a little higher up the food chain? To be honest, you don't have to get that much higher up the food chain to get into the White House, to get to the president himself. Of course, we want to hear from you this hour. What do you think of the charges that Mueller filed against uh, Paul Manafort and one of his associates? What do you think of the guilty plea that was entered uh, on behalf uh, uh, of a foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump? Uh, What do you think is going to happen with all of this in the future? Do you think this is the thing that will unravel the Trump administration? It seems awfully early in that administration to be talking in those terms, but It's also awfully early to see a criminal investigation produce indictments 
in a presidential administration. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page. Put your comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Talk to us about the Russia investigation, what you think it's yielding, whether you think it's legitimate, whether you think maybe this is just a backdoor way of undoing the results of a democratic process. I hear a lot of folks saying things like that on the right side of the political spectrum. Joining us up front to talk about what happened yesterday in Washington is Libby Casey. She is an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for the Washington Post. And Melvin Levitsky, who is a retired career minister in the U.S. Foreign Service, professor of international policy and practice at the University of Michigan's Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy. Libby and Melvin Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, Libby, let's start with you. Talk about the political fallout uh, of what happened yesterday. Lots of people were waiting to see what Robert Mueller might do. Lots of people, uh, I think, thought he would start sort of low on the totem pole and work yeah. his way up. This is a little higher up that pole than I perhaps might have imagined uh, he would start. What has been the reaction to these charges and the sort of implication that there's more to come and that we will get closer and closer to the president himself. Yeah, these charges are, are huge and all of Washington is reverberating. Uh, it doesn't just hit Republicans, though. We also see Democrats uh, feeling some of these reverberations too. Tony Podesta, of course, uh, the brother of uh, Podesta that we all know uh, and, and have heard a lot about over the past year. Um, he's the head of a, of a big uh, uh, lobbying group here. He actually stepped down and there's some questions about uh, his relationship to Paul Manafort. Um, but everyone is focused on the White House and what this means for the Trump presidency. And you know, when I leave Washington, when I talk to people, what they want to know is what does this mean for President Trump, bottom line. And, you know, we don't really know yet because these are just early days. Huge bombshell yesterday, but it's just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, is there a sense in Washington among some folks that this is this is much ado about nothing, that this is a witch hunt, a, a political witch hunt that uh, is, is in, in, whose intent is to undo the results of a very recent election? I mean, we're only in the 10th month of this presidency, and already uh, a special prosecutor is filing charges. I, I, I think if I were a supporter of the president, it would be very easy for me to say there's something really, really unfair about all of this. Is that is that being sort of reflected anywhere in Washington? You know, I'd love to hear what your listeners think about that, but it, because I think w what may be really important is what people outside the Beltway think. But here in Washington, it certainly is dividing along party lines, as as you can expect. Conservative media is uh, is really shifting the focus away from President Trump and the relationship of these men to the president, and talking about uh, uh, the facts of the indictments. And we have to look at the indictments, and while these are uh, incredibly big charges against Paul Manafort and his deputy Rick Gates, a lot of it is 
about what happened in the years before they joined the Trump campaign, right? So this money laundering, working for the Ukrainian government and not divulging that, that was all happening on an ongoing process. What everyone here is wondering is, does this touch the presidency? Does this touch the Trump campaign? And to that end, this guilty plea by this guy, George Papadopoulos, who was an advisor Mm -hmm. uh, to the Trump campaign, that may end up being more significant in terms of giving us a read on the situation because what he was trying to do, and this is in the court documents, is he was trying to create a relationship between the Russians and the Trump campaign. He was trying to forge that door. Uh, you know, and one of the things he was saying he could get was dirt on Hillary Clinton. Now, does that sound familiar? It should, because just a few months after that, we heard Don Jr., the president's own son, right. also taking a meeting trying to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. Now, we we don't have the paperwork trail yet to show a link there, um, but people are watching to see how Mueller's building his case and uh, and whether this gets closer to the Trump family. President Trump, for his part, though, is very, being very defensive about this. He's tweeting this morning saying the fake news is working overtime. And as Paul Manafort's lawyer says there's no collusion and the events took place before he came to the campaign. So the president is certainly going along the lines of what you're talking about, which is saying, this, you know, there's nothing here to see, folks. Yeah. Uh, Ambassador Levitsky, you served earlier in your poli- in your career as a political officer at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Uh, you were also ambassador to Brazil from 1994 to 98 and served as director of the State Department's Office of UN Political Affairs uh, and officer in charge of U.S.-Soviet bilateral relations. Um, give us an idea of the, the, the sort of Russian dynamic here, the Russian element uh, of this, uh, how it fits in again with history, how it fits in the context of other administrations. As I said, uh, those those that phrase uh, conspiracy against the United States. I have not seen that in an indictment yeah. before. Uh, what does that even What does that even mean? I mean that that seems to 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 I guess verify all of the deepest suspicions that people have about what the president's people were up to yeah. last year. Well, for one thing, uh, <clears throat> it's interesting if you uh, when you read the Papadopoulos um, and. Uh, plea bargaining uh, uh, a document, it's pretty much um, Soviet uh, 101. In other words, this is the kind of thing that um, Putin and uh, a lot of his people around him who were in the KGB uh, were trained to do. You, you, trail, you get someone who seems interested, and then you trail him, give him some information, try to get him in, involved, try to put him in the net. And... Uh, you know, is this collusion or not? Well, sometimes collusion is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. This fellow, remember, is 30 years old now. So I read in what I've been what I've been reading. Uh, looks to me as if he was somewhat of a promoter as well, trying to get himself in the good graces of the campaign, and fell into <clears throat> what was clearly a uh, a Russian net. Um, it's typical. Um, of Russian security services that hasn't changed much. We've seen this in terms of the, uh, you know, this, what they call uh, sort of cyber war uh, or hybrid war, uh, very strong on um, <clears throat> trying to influence other populations. This uh, network, television network RT, which started out as a relatively objective television network, 
after the Ukrainian uh, invasion uh, the, and the takeover of Crimea turned into a, just a mouthpiece of the uh, of the Russian government. Mm-hmm. So there are no, a number of efforts afoot to um, to influence uh, both the course of United States policy and in other countries. We've seen that as well in elections. Uh, it's a kind of natural thing for them to do. How, um, as far as you know, I agree with um, uh, with your previous um, uh, guest. Um, it's um, it's a little hard to see where <clears throat> where the uh, the fit is with in terms of collusion at this mm-hmm. point, but it looks like Mueller is Mueller is going to be digging into this pretty hard. Yeah. So there are a lot of, a lot more things to come as we as we go forth, and probably since this seems to be a plea bargaining uh, document, um, Papadopoulos has a lot more information and is a cooperating witness. Right. That, that in itself is um, is quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, Talk about this kind of lobbying that they were doing. Uh, If Manafort had registered as a as a foreign agent, it it, it seems almost as if maybe it wouldn't have been uh, as as big a deal. Or is there something substantive about what he was doing? Well, that's only one of the charges. uh, The real the real charges is is trying to hide the money. Mm -hmm. He had seventy five million dollars. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is he did some of this on Cyprus, which is a, which is a basically a bank for uh, a lot of uh, corrupt Russian money as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there a connection there with this um, that's not just involved in a criminal act? Uh, possibly, we just don't know all the details right now. Some of this will come out, but <clears throat> clearly, it looks like criminal acts were uh, were committed. Money laundering uh, and lack of disclosure of working for a uh, uh, you know a foreign government or a foreign entity. Um, so this will come out in the you know as they go through the indictment, the trial, the grand jury indictment, etc. Doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, I would if I were the president, <clears throat> I would just keep quiet. He seems to stir it up every time that he that he tweets in the morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if maybe we're losing Ambassador Levitsky there. We'll try to make sure we get him back. Uh, again, uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think about uh, the indictments in the Russia investigation that came down yesterday. Do you think uh, Paul Manafort and an associate of his are just the tip of the iceberg here? Are they uh, the, the, the opening salvo of what Robert Mueller has uh, in his holster, I guess, uh, in terms of looking into what uh, kind of relationships existed between the Trump campaign and the Russians? Or do you think maybe all of this is much ado about nothing? Do you think uh, this is a political pursuit that is intended to undo the results of a Democratic election that just happened less than a year ago. Certainly, that is the message that the president and his allies are sending out. Are you somebody who is sympathetic to that? Do you feel like the president is being persecuted here, not just having his associates prosecuted? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Jim in Ferndale. Jim, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, good morning. Hey, Jim. 
Uh, I do believe that there has been some criminal activity that needs to definitely be addressed, but this is a, it really is just darker shades of gray because this is really an indictment of our whole political system. There's immense threats to our democracy and to, for those who wouldn't even see democracy with the republic. And this is an opportunity for us to make some substantial change, to have a functional democracy again. But it needs not to stop with the Trump administration. Yeah, well, uh, Jim, can you can you be more specific uh, about what you're thinking of there? What 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 are those threats as you see them? That it's gerrymandering, uh, the money in politics, mm-hmm. the special interests. This is. I don't see this as different parties. I see it as one party that people are just feeding at the trough of American democracy and, and the very heart of what this country is about. Yeah, yeah. And there's, and so that's what, if that uh, helps you to see. Yeah, no, no, Jim. That's. I think that's really interesting. Uh, I think that's an interesting sort of dynamic to introduce into the conversation. I'm really glad you called. Uh, and did that. Uh, Libby, uh, the idea that this is sort of part and parcel with the other things that erode people's trust in democracy, uh, that erode our our effective uh, administration of democracy uh, in this country, that doesn't seem to be the the conversation. I mean, uh, it does seem to be far more political in Washington uh, than, than substantive in that way. Yeah, maybe our caller should run for office because uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I, so much of this is politicized right now. And it would be lovely if we could all take a big step back and, and look at our system and look at what works and what doesn't work. But, you know, we're so deep in it that um, uh, while we may see some some movements in terms of making sure the system is fair and not rigged, a big frustration that people on both sides of the aisle felt over this last campaign season, um, you know, we're so deep in it that that's not really the focus in Washington right now. The question is, how will Democrats and Republicans and independents interpret this news and what will it mean to them? Will they be so turned off by this whole thing that they'll just, you know, turn off the radio, turn off the TV and check out a little bit? Will they get motivated and politically active and ask questions and want to know what's at the heart of this? You know, is this the next Watergate or is this not? Is this the next, you know, is this the next, you know, Monica Lewinsky? Like how how important is this to our democracy or, or how unimportant is it? Um, and, you know, the president right now is trying to get tax reform through and Democrats have real problems with it. Are we going to focus on on that, or is it just going to pass, and and people are only going to find out after the fact what was actually in this legislation? So, um, I think we'll see how the American public responds. And we saw a lot of Republicans on Capitol Hill yesterday, kind of dodging this issue. They they don't really want to talk about the Mueller investigation. They're 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 not pleased with the fact that this is overtaking the news cycle. Um, but this is an incredibly important moment in. Uh, in in this investigation to have two campaign officials indicted and to have someone who was an advisor to the campaign plead guilty to lying to the FBI shows that Mueller's moving forward. And some of my colleagues at The Post did some great reporting over the last couple of days looking at how you know prosecutors and, and lawyers are interpreting this. And they're saying uh, this Mueller sending a big signal. I am not messing around. Right. I'm serious. I am moving forward. Um, we may see people like Manafort and Rick Gates you know, roll over. We may not. Um, but if you've got something to hide in Washington, 
Washington right now, you're worried. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. I also want to thank Ambassador Melvin Levitsky, a retired career minister in the U.S. Foreign Service and a professor of international policy and practice at the University of Michigan's Gerald R. Ford School of Public Policy. It does seem that we have lost our connection with him, so he will not be joining us for the rest of the conversation. But again, you can at 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us, and we'll work you in. Daniel in Detroit, you're up next on Detroit Today. Daniel. Again, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. You know, I've been on your show a few times talking about campaign finance reform, and I think this is a prime example of why we need to get the money out of Washington. Mm -hmm. These guys were paid $75 million by a foreign government or by foreign politicians to influence people in Washington. How do we stop this? Yeah. Well, it's a great question, Daniel. I don't know how we stop that. I mean, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has has made it pretty clear that uh, it equates money with speech, which, uh, according to our First Amendment, can't be too tightly regulated. And uh, I mean, that makes it difficult when something like this happens to think of a way of solving it, to think of a way of, of doing it differently. Uh, but I think uh, there's no question that there's a lot of people who feel the way you do about this. Uh, Libby Casey, what are people talking about money-wise in, in Washington? I mean, this is an, an, an astounding figure, $75 million. Uh, it it yeah. certainly would be enough for most people <laughs> to, to do things right. that they might ordinarily say they didn't want to do. Uh, but well, it's, it's not also, legal. I mean, yeah. I think that's what people are saying, right? This is this; these allegations, if they are proven true, are not legal, and that's where this case is actually very serious against Paul Manafort and against Rick Gates, because we are talking about a, a lot of money, and um, the severity of the penalties can can get very serious here. So, this is not a matter of just not disclosing something on a financial form or slipping up some paperwork. The allegations against them are uh, are, are very serious. Uh, breaches of the law. And so what your caller is getting at is important because it, this question of money in politics um, is something that a lot of people are asking questions about. Uh, but in this case, we're talking about breaking the law. We're talking about funneling money. We're talking about not you know, divulging that you're working for a foreign power, which is against the law. Um, and so I think what Bob Mueller would say, if we could channel him, certainly not talking to the press, you know, would be that, that, that this is the whole point. This is not legal. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea of a foreign country influencing our election, you know, I think we'll see over the next uh, days and weeks um, some distancing from the Trump campaign. You know, they're able to say, "Look, we were we were kind of um, we were kind of upstarts, right? We weren't this well-oiled machine of a campaign. We weren't the Clintons who had been at this for decades, mm-hmm. and so we were bringing people in right and left. And mm-hmm. maybe they didn't know who this George Papadopoulos guy was. Now." Camp, you know, Trump, when he was still candidate, uh, called him an excellent guy when he talked to The Washington Post, naming his uh, foreign policy advisors. Um, but now they're saying, oh, he, he really he really didn't do much on the campaign. That lack of organization may be part of their defense. Um, but people like Paul Manafort did play a very significant role. Uh, he wasn't on the campaign for a huge amount of time, but he was on the campaign at a crucial time. It's hard to even remember back to this, but remember when Donald Trump was becoming 
the presumptive nominee, Mm -hmm. a lot of Republicans were like, whoa, 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 hold on. I don't know if I want him to be (laughs) my candidate. And Paul Manafort came on at a time when he could help wrangle the Republicans and say, no, no, give Donald Trump a chance, like support him at the convention. So he really was a crucial part of the campaign as much as Republicans are trying to distance themselves from him right now. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation uh, about the charges in the Russia investigation. Libby Casey, I'm going to ask you to stay with us if you can. Uh, And we will also be joined by Wayne State Professor of Law, Peter Henning. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Michael and Ann Arbor, Frank and Lincoln Park. We will get to you. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. Your city. Your town. Your voice. 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the first charges being filed in Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election. Yesterday, Paul Manafort, a former campaign manager for the president, was charged, as was a close associate of his. Also, there was a guilty plea on behalf of a foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump, who says he lied to an FBI investigator about his contact with Russian officials. Uh, We're talking about uh, what this means in the context of the Trump administration, what this means in the context of Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation. Is this something that will reach into the White House? Is this something that will ultimately compromise this presidency's ability to survive? Uh, We have been talking with Libby Casey, who is an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Uh, Joining us now, in addition to Libby, is Peter Henning, who is a professor of law at Wayne State University. Peter, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with you this segment, uh, this charge, conspiracy against the United States. When I saw that yesterday, I paused because I don't know how many federal indictments I have read. I used to cover the U.S. Supreme Court uh, for five terms. I have never, ever, ever seen that charge phrased that way in an indictment. And so I spent a lot of yesterday talking to other people who spent a lot of time uh, thinking and and reading and writing about uh, the federal federal justice system, asking them. No one else had ever seen that before. So I'll start with that with you. Have you seen that charge in an indictment before? Oh, I've seen it. And it's a um, the conspiracy statute um, says that anyone who conspires to defraud the United States Mm -hmm. or to harm the United States and harming the United States means violating a federal law. Right. So it it was phrased artfully. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the same time, it's the standard Conspiracy charge. Right. Well, so, but I I can think of any number of people in Detroit that I know who've been charged with conspiracy to do things. Uh, Our our former mayor uh, being, I think, the first who jumps to mind for us, Kwame Kilpatrick, was charged under the RICO statute. That was a conspiracy. The government laid out uh, all kinds of federal laws that they uh, they believed he violated 
they didn't con- accuse him of a conspiracy against the United mm-hmm. States. It seems that that implies something quite different than what we see normally in in conspiracy uh, indictments. It, it certainly is a little different. And the, the, the point of that charge is um, to try to give a broad context to what Manafort and Gates did. And if you read that indictment, the first five or six pages of it, maybe even more, um, talks about a scheme. Now, nowhere in, in there is he charged with a scheme. You know, typically, we see that scheme to defraud, yes. um, scheme to steal money, something like that. Instead, the scheme is to do a whole lot of bad things and uh, that ultimately harm the United States. But then the next count is conspiracy to commit money laundering, which is in this indictment is the real hammer. Yes. Uh, that's where he faces the threat of a substantial prison term, or they face a threat of a substantial prison term. Um, This indictment is very artfully drafted. Mm -hmm. They put a lot of thought into this to try to vilify Manafort and Gates. But then when you look at the substantive charges, interestingly enough, most of them are fairly low-level offenses. Yeah, Uh, Um, five-year felonies, I think, is uh, is what... Some of them are, but the, for example, the foreign agent registration Mm -hmm. is punishable by up to six months in prison. That would typically be viewed as closer to a misdemeanor, a a more low-level charge, although, and his lawyer said, well, this is never charged. Um, It's a little bit like the person who gets caught making an illegal left-hand turn. (laughs) He goes, well, everybody else does this. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So what? Right. Uh, You Uh, committed the crime. So, if you did. So would you say that then these charges are a bit of a stretch or we're making too much of them? I don't think we're making too much of it simply because of his position. Um, you know, this was the campaign manager for the Trump campaign and mm-hmm. his top aide and worked for years on behalf of the uh, Ukrainian premier who was very closely allied with Putin, Yanukovych. Um, at the same time, the way they did this uh, indictment, as I read it, They've put together a case where they don't need a lot of witnesses. They've put together a paper case Mm -hmm. that essentially says to Manafort, prove what we're saying is wrong. Um, It's going to be awfully tough for Manafort to testify at this trial because essentially it's like, why didn't you reveal that you worked for the Ukrainian government? Why didn't you file the form for your that laundry list of overseas bank accounts, that goes on and on and on. And of course, why do people go through Cyprus? Because of bank secrecy. That's why all the Russian oligarchs had their bank accounts. What are you hiding? Um, Show us why we're wrong. And that's what the pitch to the jury. And by the way, this is a jury in the District of Columbia. Sure. Sure, not going to be not going to be uh, sort of instinctively sympathetic. I think no. to this kind of uh, well, and that goes back to the Clinton investigation. If the sure. special prosecutor wanted to bring back then, or independent counsel wanted to bring charges against Bill Clinton for perjury, it was going to have to be in the District of Columbia. Well, no <laughs> D.C. jury was going to convict <laughs> Bill Clinton. I, it was just it was right. not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, again, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Libby Casey, an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Also here is Peter Henning, professor of law at Wayne State University. We're talking about the charges filed by uh, Special Investigator Robert Mueller yesterday against Paul Manafort, the former campaign manager for President Donald Trump. What do you think of those charges? What do you think of where this is headed? 
I especially want to hear from folks today who are defenders of the president. Do you feel like this is something of a witch hunt? Do you feel like this is an effort to undo the results of the 2016 election as opposed to a legitimate inquiry into criminal wrongdoing? Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Michael in Ann Arbor. Michael, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you. Um, I just wanted to provide a little bit of context. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think one of the problems with our politics is we assume good faith on both sides, Mm -hmm. and there's lots of reason to believe that the Republicans constantly act in bad faith. And so one example is when you look at the criminality of past administrations, Democratic administrations have been relatively free of any serious criminality. Obama was virtually entirely free of it. Clinton had very little, whereas Republican administrations are usually rife with criminal lawbreaking at the very highest levels, whether we're looking at the past two Bush administrations or Reagan or all the way back to Nixon. So it was kind of predictable that whoever the Republican nominee was, they presumably were going to have this sort of lax attitude towards our federal laws, and that with Trump's incompetence, it was going to be magnified greatly. And so I'd like to sort of look at the events mm. through sort of that context that one party is just factually much more comfortable with breaking and justifying breaking of our laws when they run the government, but we don't really view their actions through that that lens that they're predisposed to this. Michael, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the comments. I'm not sure. I would say I agree 100 percent, but but I'll let uh, the guests here talk about the factual uh, adherence uh, that you have there to, to, to what you're saying. Uh, Libby Casey, I'll start with you. Are Republicans just inherently more corrupt? <laughs> I laugh because I uh, I have no as a reporter right. I have to see you all sides of this that, so I'm right. not gonna I'm not gonna jump into that. Um, but let's deal with the know, facts that, of of what Michael yeah, is well, talking you know, there, about. Yeah, well, you know, boy, I think one thing we're really uh, hearing is that there is so much mistrust on both sides. And one thing that flabbergasted me yesterday was when I was watching Fox News and paying attention to some conservative media. They were covering. Uh, the Mueller investigation, mm -hmm. like nothing was really happening. There were bigger stories. The Clintons are the big focus. Um, and the more we get polarized in the in the media that we consume, I'm sitting the obvious here, but it's still really important, th the more we live in our own bubbles. And, uh, you know, I would encourage uh, your listeners to check out what other sides of this conversation are saying, because it can be so informative. And I mean, this is a huge story. We can't deny that. And yeah. to, to not have a sense of that because the media you consume isn't showing you that is uh, is a bit disconcerting. It's pretty dangerous. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, so uh, I'm not going <laughs> to hear me stuttering here. I'm not going I'm not going to weigh in on like the uh, the truthiness of, of one side or the other, because I think that's up to your listeners to to interpret and, and to think about. But we are seeing a polarized Washington and a polarized country um, to levels that uh, that are you know, a, a real concern. And what's happening with the Mueller investigation is it is just marching forward. Mm -hmm. It is marching ahead. And we may see Democrats pulled in. We may see other political players pulled in. Uh, but right now, it is focused on very significant players in the Trump campaign. And I have to emphasize that. These are not nobodies. I mean, the, the, the Trump team is trying to downplay their significance. And while George Papadopoulos, a name that most of us had not heard much of before, mm -hmm. might have just been a volunteer, he was an advisor. He was someone that Donald Trump himself mentioned and name dropped as someone who was giving the campaign input. And so he was one of these people touching the Trump apparatus. And uh, he was trying to broker deals with the Russians. Yeah.
Peter Henning. Uh, are are there things that have happened in the recent administrations that suggest Republicans are just more prone to this kind of thing? I, I, I the answer to that I think is no, because I mean, for example, there's currently a United States senator um, who is on trial for corruption, uh, a Democrat from mm-hmm. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So. Which actually has kind of flown underneath the radar. Um, does every administration have scandals? The Obama administration actually did, for the most part, avoid scandals, uh, at least of the, the the legal variety. There were a lot of questions raised about how the administration acted. Um, it, but that said, you know, th- these are political charges. Uh, you know, if you go back all the way to the election of 1824, the corrupt bargain that put John Quincy Adams in the White House, sure. the, the way one side vilifies the other <laughs> is to accuse them of corruption. It's right. a very powerful word. I didn't lose. You cheated. And you, you stole the election. Andrew Jackson had the election stolen from him in 1824, which actually he did uh, have happened to him. But it, so... I'm always leery of someone saying, well, this group is more corrupt than that group. Um, (laughs) There is corruption, although in fairness, um, in the United States, we think we have corruption. Um, It's nothing. Go to Eastern Europe. Right. right. Uh, The old Soviet republics are just rife with corruption. Well, and here, perhaps uh, it's the influence of those old Soviet republics on our elections that uh, Robert Mueller is so concerned with. There you go. Uh, Libby Casey, on-air reporter and anchor who, who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Peter Henning, professor of law at Wayne State University. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Also, Libby, happy birthday. And we will catch up with you soon. <laughs> but have you. a great day. And happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. <laughs> That's right. Uh, up next, we're going to continue this conversation with former FBI agent in charge, Andy Arena. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Frank in Lincoln Park, Diane in Livonia, Jim in Gross Eel. We'll get to you. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the charges filed by Robert Mueller in the 2016 uh, Russia investigation. It has to do with the 2016 presidential uh, election. Joining us now to talk more about that is Andy Arena. He's the executive director of the Detroit Crime Commission, former FBI special agent in charge for the Detroit Division. Andy, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, good morning. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wonder, uh, just like I wonder with everyone else, what you make of these charges, not just what you make of the charges themselves, but what the charges might say about the investigation in a larger sense. Well, I think this is a classic Bob Mueller. He's, um, he's playing everything close to the vest. Uh, I'm sure he's not real happy that some of this leaked out prior to to yesterday. I'm sure he's he's looking into that, whether it was his staff or somebody at the court. But um, you know, this is this classic investigation 101 to move the, move your uh, way up the chain. Um, you know, I think uh, the the second announcement, the Papadopoulos um, plea and uh, an agreement to cooperate, is certainly a to me is a much bigger bombshell because it shows that. Uh, you know, people are starting to flip. And uh, I think that that's really going to be a key in this investigation, is getting people on the inside to cooperate. 
And and getting those people to cooperate often is about pinching them, right? Squeezing them a little, making it feel as though they might take all of the consequences for what's going on rather than than maybe some of the lighter consequences. Talk about how effective that these charges might be in doing that. We were talking last segment about how the actual charges here are actually not that bad. I mean, I think the most serious charge is a five-year felony, uh, which uh, doesn't seem the way you extract a plea deal, I suppose, from uh, from somebody. Well, you know, I think you got to look at who these guys are, too. Um, I would disagree. I think these are pretty serious, uh, you know, fair Sarah is a pretty serious charge, um, you know, lying to an FBI agent. I mean, these, these are these are things that are going to carry some time. So, you know, we look at that, five years is not a long time, but, you know, to, these are not hardened criminals either, Stephen. You know, these are, these are, these are white-collar guys. These are professionals. So, uh, you know, any, the, the idea of spending time in prison is certainly going to be a, <laughs> a, a, a little bit of pressure. Now, the other side is as Papadopoulos, obviously he pled to one charge of of uh, lying to an FBI agent, so that tells me there was a lot more out there uh, that they worked a plea agreement. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut you a deal here, maybe no jail time, but um, and we won't charge you with these other things. Yeah. So I think he he kind of represents the flip side of how how you can help yourself. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number to join the conversation. We're talking about Robert Mueller's charges in the investigation into the twenty sixteen presidential election. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Diane in Livonia. Diane, welcome to Detroit Today. Yo, how are you? Good. How are you? Um, I think I'm just tired of hearing all of. Um, from only two parties, where is it written in the Constitution that there has to be Republicans and Democrats? And and I just, I'm really, I think they should all grow up and be doing their jobs. And at the same time, we know there's all kinds of rampant corruption, and you know there's layers and layers and layers of it. And if this actually is true and something that happened, then I believe that they're, you know, obviously they're going to be trying, somebody might have been forced, like Mueller, for instance, he might have been just a little part of the puzzle, but they're going to have to hang it on somebody. Somebody's, they're going to have to, you know, divert everybody's attention from from getting at the, the the real the real issue and who you know who is ultimately to blame. I think it's probably something rampant, but they're just they're trying to divert our attention by hanging it on somebody. There's always got to be a scapegoat, and maybe he was cornered, maybe he was pushed into a corner, and for, maybe he was forced into it. Maybe he didn't have a choice. And so I think I'm I'm ashamed of all the people that are put in power and why they have to abuse their power by. Um, you know, by uh, doing the types of things that they do, uh, you know, trying to uh, win an election in any way, shape, or form, even including Russians to help so, Americans and, so, and devoting for a, you know somebody. It's ridiculous. So, Diane, you you seem to think that uh, it's it's the system itself that's the problem, not not the individual actors. Would that be a would that be a an accurate reflection of what you're saying here? Is real if there is. They are actually going to uncover a, a rampant, um, you know, coercion in Russian elections. Um, it, you know, obviously, is not going to be the work of one person. Um, but as I heard the previous, you know, the previous speaker and the one before that, uh, there's a polarization in this country uh, between Democrats and Republicans. And where did that come from? I mean, come on, let's run the country the way it's supposed to be run. Let's solve problems. Let's stop being in the playpen and in pot shotting everybody else. And the second thing is the previous. The guy that just spoke, he said something about um, 
well, I forgot. I, I've got to go, though, because I've got, uh, I'm yeah. picking somebody up, and I've got to get downtown Detroit. So okay, thank Diane. you for your time. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, thank you very much for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Frank in Lincoln Park. Frank, welcome to Detroit today. Morning, Stephen. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, let me begin with saying that it's incidents like and, and moments like this that I actually uh, I feel reaffirmed in, in the power of democracy. Uh, hmm. Things like this uh, uh, generally don't happen in, in the rest of the world. And uh, we're going to get through this, and, and democracy is going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Mr. Mueller. Uh, I'm not an expert in uh, uh, the special prosecutor's office, but he seems to be behaving like all special prosecutors do, or all prosecutors do. He's going to make some charges. He's going to um, offer some deals. Uh, people will testify because these are white-collar criminals. They, uh, they're not going to spend a minute uh, in federal pr- prison. Let's not forget Martha Stewart went to jail for lying, not for any crime. Or, I, I take that back, lying is a crime. But anyways, uh, uh, that's how I think it's going to work. I, I, I'm again, I'm not a uh, uh, expert in this, uh, but that seems how we're working. We're going to work our way up the ladder here, and we're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Frank, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Jerry in Livonia. Jerry, welcome to Detroit today. Morning, Stephen. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Good morning, Stephen. Hi, how are you? Me? Yes, I can. Go right okay, ahead. Good. Excellent program. I'd like to hear more from you. I wish your program were on longer. <laughs> I don't know that I could handle two hours a day of this, uh, Jerry. Well, you but, could do uh, an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon. <laughs> I appreciate the thought there, though. You do, you do an excellent job. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to point out what Libby said earlier about uh, looking at what the other side is saying. And uh, if, you look, if you ever... Occasionally, I'll tune into Fox News just to see what they're saying, and and they're just, you know, they're just really an arm of the Republican Party. I don't view them as an independent side on this. They're, they clearly are the other side, and and uh, the prosecutor in this case has has worked for both Republicans in the past and for Democrats. And I think it's really important that if you look at this, if Comey had not been fired, none of this would be happening. We wouldn't know anything about any of this. That's interesting. There would be no, you know, there would be no special prosecutor. And I think it's a good thing that there is a special prosecutor, and I think he's going to do what he needs to do. But I'm very concerned about the way, you know, this is being politicized. And I think that money in this case, as in most cases, is the root of evil here. And in what what uh, what President Trump has tried to do is just divert, divert, divert. Mm. You know, he, he, and he's not—he's not at all interested in the truth. He's not at all interested in in saying, "Hey, the Russians mess with our election." Right. And I don't think he has a problem with that. And that tells me he doesn't—you know—if you don't realize there's a problem to begin with, how are you going to address it? Yeah. And I don't think he has any intention of trying to address the problem that the Russians. Yeah. You know, uh, Jerry, I I really appreciate the call in the comments. Uh, India Arena. One of the things that Jerry said there was. You know, uh, you sort of follow the money here, and it's all about money. We say that all the time in journalism that you follow the money to determine, you know, what is really going on, what really uh, people are up to. Is that the way you feel like Robert Mueller 
is pursuing this inquiry? Does he just follow them? I mean, there was a lot of money involved in in what Paul Manafort and his associate were involved in. Is that the key to the case? Well, I can tell you, Bob Mueller is not uh, he's not taking his lead from Fox News, and he's not taking his lead from CNN. Uh, he is following the evidence to where it leads. And a part, a big part of that is the money. People usually do bad things for either they're a sociopath or more likely greed, right? Mm-hmm. That's usually the, the greed <laughs> is what drives drives the crime. So that's what he's doing right now. He is he is classic investigation here. He is just following the evidence to where it takes him, uh, and he is not allowing anything, anything at all from the outside, from either side to to push him in either direction. Um, you don't see him on. You didn't see him yesterday, Stephen. Uh, no press conferences. Right. No press releases. Uh, this is classic Bob Mueller. Those are the grindstone and, and go forward. Yeah. Uh, I want to get, before we run out of time, your sense of how how high this this has potential to go, given where he started. Some people thought he would start with lower-level associates. These are pretty high-ranking officials. Yeah, I, w- uh, I, w- I was a little bit surprised, but I think this was probably, the, looking at the charges, the easiest to make. You know, I... I, I you, you hear the, the talking heads all day yesterday, either, you know, either say, uh, if they're on Fox, they're saying there's nothing there. If they're on CNN, they're saying, oh, my God, this is the death knell for the president. So it's somewhere in between. But I, I was uh, a little bit surprised how high up they did. But if you look at the charges, they're pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And from a prosecutor standpoint, fairly easy to prove. So I think he just went with what, what was easiest to prove. Uh, and and, to, um, and I said to me, the second... Uh, the second charge that came out yesterday, Papadopoulos, was to be very, very interesting because that shows you people are uh, willing to talk. Yeah. And and the question always is talk about what and what does that lead you to? Papadopoulos seems very well positioned to do a lot of damage, I guess, to this White House. Well, I think, I, you know, I don't think Bob, Bob Mueller is interested in doing damage to the White House. I think he's, you know, he's interested in getting to the truth. And I think Papadopoulos's true value is going to be who can he flip on and put, as we said earlier, Stephen, it's all about putting pressure on people to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So what can, you know, who can he uh, help Bob Mueller put pressure on to, to do the right thing? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where he's looking. He's looking to move, Bob Mueller is looking to move up the chain to see how far this goes. Okay, Andy Arena, executive director of the Detroit Crime Commission, former FBI special agent in charge for the Detroit Division. Thank you, as always, for joining us on Detroit Today. My pleasure, Stephen. Take care. Yes. That's going to do it all for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. A reminder that on Wednesday, November 1st, that is tomorrow, it's time for a pre-election smart politics happy hour with me and other members of the WDE team at the Anchor Bar on Fort Street in downtown Detroit. It'll be after work from 6 to 8 p.m. We will talk about the mayor's race, the clerk's race, the city council race here in the city of Detroit. And as always, it will be about you steering the conversation. Show up, have a beer, tell us what's on your mind, tell us what you would like us to be talking about. We really hope to see you there then. Also, remember that if you didn't get a chance to listen to Detroit today, you can always go to iTunes and download the podcast and do it that way. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's, uh, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. See you tomorrow.